2: Sex år sedan intervjuade jag Graham Potter, som då hade lyckats leda Östersund från Division 2 till Allsvenskan. Då var han tveksam till chansen att han ens skulle få ett tränarjobb i England. Men nu har han fått ansvaret för Chelsea och tränardebyten för klubben skedde i Champions League. I poddintervjun berättade Potter om hur han tröttnade på fotbollen långt ner i det engelska seriesystemet och därför slutade som spelare och gick en annan väg som tog honom till Sverige. Graham Potter tackade det Svenska fotbollsförbundet för att han fick tidig dispens från tränarlicensen och hjälp att få rätt utbildning. Och han var rätt hård kring engelskt talangutveckling, stod upp för sin spelidé och de kulturella utmaningarna som Östersund drev på.
0: Back, back,
2: back, back. När vinner det Champions League? Ja, in- inom fem år i alla fall borde det vara realistiskt, men vi måste först hålla här svenska. En färgstark och offensiv ordförande, kaxiga uttalande, en omtalad kultursatsning, nya grepp för att få fart på ekonomi, men framförallt en framgångsrik och offensiv fotboll. Östersunds FK har gått från en anonym Division 2-klubb till Sveriges topplag nummer ett på bara fem år. Den engelske tränaren Graham Potter har lanserat en offensiv fotboll och han har lyft laget som en raket genom C-systemet. Och när det nu är dags för Allsvens debut har Potter inga planer på att ändra på framgångsreceptet.
3: I think it's important and we understand that what we've got, how we got here was a you know such a big strength of us and we need to then try and master that.
2: Visst, Graham Potter gjorde en säsong i Premier League på 90-talet, men mestadels höll han till i de lite lägre divisionerna i det engelska seri-systemet. Och det var också där han hittade inspiration till Östersunds bollägande och bolltrillande fotboll. Det är långt från den fotboll han själv spelade.
3: Well, I think because I I experienced that football, I experienced it as a player, um, I I experienced the frustration that I felt and ultimately I stopped playing football as a 30 year old when I could have carried on and money playing football.
2: Men framgångarna kommer naturligtvis en del smickrande rykten. Graham Potter har efter att ha fört upp Östersund från division 2 till Allsvenskan dykt upp när de har spekulerats som klubbar som är på jakt efter tränare både i Malmö FF och i Swansea i Premier League. Det Östersund har en koppling men engelsmannen ligger rätt lågt själv.
3: I, I, I haven't I haven't formed I haven't had any offers. It's all media speculation. That's how it is.
2: was somebody börjar vi på den man faktan. H 40.
3: Family. I have a wife and uh, three boys. Uh, Uh, A six year old and two uh, uh, twins, so uh, nine months old. Where do you live? I live in Ostersund. Education? Um, A master's degree in emotional intelligence um, and a degree in social sciences. Salary? Um, Probably too much.
2: Which is your biggest uh, experience? Regarding football it can be when you played or from the pitch or from the stand or whether as a coach
3: I would say this experience uh, working here for the last five years. is probably been the most uh, uh, The biggest stroke most rewarding football experience.
2: Is there any moment that you? Uh, that is stronger than any other if you understand
3: what I mean. Yeah, uh, probably the two that stick out probably the first one was um promotion to Super Etten from Division 1 we had to play Sirius in the last match of the season in Uppsala we had to win the game uh, we won 1-0 um, they hit the post in the last minute and it was proper nail-biting stuff um, uh, we, we, you know we had seven. I think it was 600-700 people from from uh, Usterson coming down to watch us which is incredible when you consider five years ago there was 600-700 people actually in the stands here watching us so to take that many people down there was great at Division One um, I think that was a, a real moment and then of course promotion to to Alsvenskan the, the City Arnsgro way uh, and, and, and getting over the line after after the sort of season of if you yeah, the four years of progression to finally get to Alsvenskan was a big moment which is the best player you played with? With um, probably say at club level, Matthew Laetitia. Um, uh, and I was fortunate in England under 18s to play with David Beckham, that I would say is equally in different ways fantastic players. Best player that you've coached? Um, Mudabara.
2: I don't know if you collected uh, shirts when you played at the high level. Do you have any
3: shirt at home that you're uh, pleased that you collected? I didn't really collect any, no. But for some reason, I got a. We played Leicester in a cup, in the FA Cup, and for some reason, I think I had Andy Impis, um, who was playing for Leicester at the time. I think I had his top, so I think he's, he's the only one I've got. Is there any medal that you're extra proud of uh, from your career? Um, I think. The Division 1, winning Division 1, winner's medal uh, coaching here for Sund. It's probably the one I'm most proud of there. I didn't get that many medals, to be honest, in my career. So um, it's either that or the Division 2 winner's medal. So that one. Was
2: there an opponent that you didn't like to play against when you played in England?
3: Um, The best player I played against, I think, directly was... I played against... David Beckham was... Very difficult, but David Ginola, we played against him for Newcastle and he, he was incredible. He could go both ways, physically a monster um, and just, yeah, really good looking as well. So it was a bit of a... Did you you, you notice that too? <laughs>
2: well, it's hard not to, isn't it? Especially when he's going past you. Uh, the best crowd that you played
3: in front of? Uh... crowd in front of probably uh Anf- Liverpool um played played Liverpool in a cup match I'd say anfield was a was a a, a special uh, environment do you bet on football no never have no well, maybe when I was younger I had a you know a coupon with my dad so he used to guess the results um you know pound and try and pick seven seven results. But since then, since certainly since I've been involved, I don't don't bother. Do you
2: have a favourite team in uh, England and here in Sweden? My
3: favourite team, um, I suppose Birmingham, because I started off there is, is probably one of my favourite teams. Um, but I, I was never really a massive fan, um, and and here it's only Ostersund. Do you ever go? To YouTube and look
2: for any of your uh, exploits on the pitch, or isn't there any?
3: I wouldn't have thought so. No, (laughs) they would have been deleted if there's any. What do you drive? I drive a. I think it's pronounced Charan. It's like a. It's almost like a minibus with all the kids. Do you have a motto? Um. My wife would say my motto is. it's never easy because whenever I do DIY it's never easy so that would probably be my motto when was the last time you cried? Um, relatively recently I'd say about two months ago
2: when was the last time you were drunk?
3: Uh, I might have been a little bit a little bit under the weather when we got promotion to Aspensky on that, that evening that's when you wanted to enter soap bar in Stockholm no that was thankfully that wasn't me I was, okay. I was, oh that wasn't me okay you're <laughs> I innocent was, I, was, I was somewhere else okay
2: that's good uh, do you believe in anything
3: um, or do you have faith n- not I'm not I wouldn't say I'm over, not, not really that religious I believe in um trying your very best to be a good human being, as much as you can. What do you read? Um, I read, at the moment I'm reading a book by Kahneman, thinking fast and slow. That's what I'm reading reading at the moment. What do you listen to? Um, It's quite varied, quite varied. Unfortunately, I'm going through a little bit of an, an 80s revival time at the moment, so my wife's going mad. Um, but it's it's a real mix, real mix. What do you watch? Football. And how active
2: are you in social media? Uh, not very, I'm a follower. You're a
3: follower, so you follow... Follow people on Twitter, yeah, that's it. You're a lurker. Exactly, yes, if that's the term then yeah. I've been called that before probably. <laughs> <laughs>
2: mot Hopcat ingen
0: dum boll hoppa får med sig den. Hopcat rullar bollen i mål. Boll!
3: Jamie Hopcat kvitterar till 1-1. Östersund i detta nu i Allsvenskan. Sansa like Samsberg över med fairytale and I think it is um incredible. Att
2: det syns resa genom cs har många dimensioner. Engelsmannen Graham Potter har inte bara lyft klubben från Division 2 till Allsvenskan på fem år utan även gjort det när klubben spelat en fantastisk fotboll. Man har varit bolltrillande och skapat mycket chanser och tagit en hel del risker men samtidigt sett till att det inte rasslat in särskilt många mål bakåt. Än mer imponerande är resan om man betänker att Graham Potters klubb knappast haft några jättefinansierade ryggen som låtit honom värva hejvilt. Nej, det har snarare handlat om att engelsmannen har fått rota i fyndlådan och ta en del spelare som varit lite lätt kanstötta och försökt hitta deras motivation och drivkraft och kanske revanschlusten. Dessutom har klubben lyckats bygga en stark relation till staden trots att det är en främlingslegion i dagens idrottsvärld och det är en mer fascinerande. You're uh, taking us to Alsvängskan. Uh, what do you think is uh, uh, what do you think we can expect from Alsvängs?
3: What is that's the exciting thing? I mean, uh... You know, it's the first time that we've been there. The, the clubs never been here. I, I, you look at our playing squad. I think, apart from maybe Validata none, none have played at the level um, really. So there's nothing really to go off from a previous uh, previous experience perspective. Um, but you know, we've got here uh, in a certain way. You got here trying to be as positive as we can. Uh, we needed to build an identity. We needed to build a football club based on, um, based on helping players improve, and and the challenge for us is to try and carry that into into the you know, the highest level in, in Swedish football. So it's going to be exciting. It's going to be a real challenge for us, but uh, hopefully we can we can be ourselves in the, in the in the in the league, and whilst we respect the competition and respect the opposition. We have to try and be ourselves as well. Will you uh,
2: modify the way you play, or will you keep on with the the RG you had in uh, Superta?
3: No, I think we need to keep on with that. That's what's got us here. That's what's got us here from, you know, from Division um, Two. That's the challenge. That's a challenge for us. We, uh, like I said, we, we we've, you know, we've come from Division Two. We've, we've sort of got promoted from into Division one quickly and, and the same out of Division one into Super and and arrived there, established ourselves um, along the way, sort of improved and sold players moved them on. Uh, so the whole thing. I think the whole package has been based around a, a certain philosophy of football, which is around being, trying to be positive, try and try and attack. Uh, but we're not stupid as well you know it's as you as you go through the levels you the competition gets stronger and 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 then it becomes even harder for us so but i think it's important that we understand that what we've got how we got here was a, uh, you know it's a big strength of ours and we need to then try and master that at a higher level
2: you have a chairman who's quite bold and he talks about it's not a question if we're going to win the Allsvenskan, it's a question of when we're going to win. And you're going out in Europe, and so how how is it to work with the, those uh, kind of bold aims?
3: I mean, it's really it, it, he's been fantastic for me. Um, I, I couldn't have asked for a better chairman uh, from day one. He's been very clear, and, and and the you know the things I'm hearing now I heard five years ago. So how, however you know however strange it sounds now it sounded a lot stranger 5 years ago when we were playing against Umedala and Yunchila um but he he he's very clear he, he tries to set a, 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 a vision which which we all try and sort of work towards i think a lot gets taken out of context a little bit and there's a little bit of um mischievous there mischievousness there sometimes but essentially all he said to me is we need to try and win the next match and focus on that uh, we don't necessarily worry too much about where the league table says we're going to end up um, try and win the next match um, and, and that's it so it's very he, he, he's very clear and it's and it's a we're lucky to have him as a
2: chairman How did you feel after the games in Svenska and do you feel that you're taking the right steps or
3: Yes, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's very early in the season for us. Um, we played Northrup in first games, Swedish Champions. We'd been training outside for a week because obviously the the the, the weather up here isn't um, conducive to playing outside. So um, it's uh, it was a, you know a good experience for us. It, it lets us know pretty early what you need to do to improve, where you need to. Uh, the difference between Alsvenskan and Superettan, um, so um, a good ex- a good experience for us, one that, like I said, gives us a lot of information about our group, um, and then and then how we need to go forward.
2: You have a pretty tough start. Most would say that playing first Hammarby away, and then you have Aik at home, uh, is that good or bad?
3: Well, I think you're right. It is a tough start. The first week, it's three games in six days. So, thank you very much for the schedule, whoever said that. It's a nice one for us. Um, but, you know, we're not going to complain about the schedule or complain again uh, who we're playing against. It's it's fantastic for us. Um, you know, we're in Alsvensken and, and none of the games are going to be easy. Um, you know, we, we, we understand that. We've come up from Super Ethan and... Uh, you know the rules of football say it's tough for, for people coming into a, a new league. So, but too great. The first two games are like you say, fantastic fixtures. Uh, Hammerby away first game was sold out, uh, and then and then the first game in svenskan here, Ark, one of the biggest teams in Scandinavia. It's, it couldn't have got any better. And Like I said, five years ago, I think the first game was Uma at home. So, I'm certainly not going to complain about the start. Uh, if you look at the, the players that you
2: brought in, do you think you have managed to uh, get a strong team enough to hang on to your position in Allsvenskan?
3: Yeah, I mean, we, 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 I'm happy with the group, happy with how it's progressed. Um, we had a, a, a foundation from Super that that I think was important to keep. Uh, it's important to, to let those guys have the opportunity to prove that they can take the next step. And then even the guys that we've brought in, really all of them, um, like I said, maybe Bar -Bar Validata, all of them have something to prove. None of them have played at at, at this level really. Um, So they're the type of players we wanted to bring to the club, the type of attributes they've got. They've settled in really well, good personalities. Um, And that's, like I said before, that's the exciting thing for us. We, We don't really know how it's gonna go. Um, but we believe I believe in the players that we have here believe in their their attributes and now the exciting thing is for them to to prove, which i think is the most the most exciting thing in football the, the, the unknown
2: what 's the most important uh, when you look at the uh, players that you want to bring in what 's most important for a new player to have is it like character or is it speed or what are the characters that characteristics that you are looking for
3: well, I think firstly, when you're in when you're in Osasun, you have a responsibility to to the town to to, to being here. Uh, the location works against you, but it works for you in terms of um, you know the nearest towns quite some way away. We're here together, so then the character and the personality is probably the most important thing to fit into the group to to have the desire to want to improve, to to want to be part of something that we're that we're doing here. I think that's the first thing we look at, and then and then um, you know our our recruitment has been probably the same as we've moved through the levels. Uh, You're looking for you know attributes. You're looking for that gap that somebody maybe hasn't valued as much, or a way that you can work with that player to get a bit more value out of them that that maybe you know conventionally isn't there. Um, So you're looking for, like I say. People that people that are hungry, people that want to uh, prove, that have got something to prove, and have attributes and qualities that can, can affect the level. And then we try and puzzle it all together because the facts are we can't attract top proven Al Svensson players here. They're not going to come to us the sund. Just like they weren't going to come when we were in Super Etten. You couldn't attract top Super Etten players when you arrive in Super Etten. Um, so you have to be creative with with the type of people and the type of players you bring. You
2: kind of find players in either the bargain basement or scrap heap a little bit that you try to maybe that's been
3: discarded by
2: other clubs, is that difficult as for a coach?
3: No I think it's interesting and uh, I, I think it's um, a fa- fascinating part of the job really. Um, you know you're just trying to work out first of all the human being find out what's what's happened with their career what's happened with their life where they're at what motivates them um, and then their strengths what they can bring to the group and then you just got to try and puzzle it together so I find that the fact that the most interesting part of the job it's challenging of course and 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 the easy bit is to have the like I said the proven top the proven players at the level uh, from a coaching perspective it becomes a, li- a little bit easier then but you know, we've never been able to work in that way because of where we're at and, and and the the journey of the club. We we had a, you know, you haven't you've got a football club here that hasn't got anything to offer in terms of culture, in terms of tr- tradition or history. We've had to sort of build it up, um, and then you so then you're looking for those type of guys that want to make something happen, make a difference, do something, uh, do something a little bit different to 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 try and yeah create an advantage or get some sort of some sort of advantage over the opposition
2: a couple of the players that you've had here uh, has been through some rough patches in their lives Uh, what makes that uh, does it make your job tougher as a coach when you have
3: to take that into uh, your process no again I've never had a problem with the players I've never had a problem with that I think um of course, they're, they're human beings, and there's been mistakes been made with with a, with a few, and you can see that uh, they've been scarred a little bit by certain things. Um, but again, I think that's really, really interesting. Fundamentally, we have to make the decision whether they're good people, whether they want to, Im- back to what I said before, whether they want to improve, whether they want to be part of what we're doing here. And then if they are, then we'll just try our very, very best to. To put them on the right track, or to uh, help them express themselves in a way that they can, they can, they can be themselves. Um, you know, if I think back to Mudobara for, inks, for example, he's probably a, a really good example of, of, of someone you, you know, you sort of put in that category of a, of a checkered past. And and when he first arrived, you could see there's there's elements to his personality that were just a, a little bit not trusting or or uh, a bit of a a bit of a different personality but fundamentally he was a he was a he was a good lad that wanted to improve and wanted to play and and, and wanted to enjoy his football and then the more you uh, invest in him and the more time that you that you give him and the group and and everybody gets to know each other and and there's that mutual uh, if you like respect and trust then Things develop within the group. things develop within that individual, and then by the time he leaves us, you know he 's smiling as big as he, and, and, and he 's also crying because he 's missing his friends and his family that he's that he 's made here and uh, and and I think that's whilst that 's a challenge to go through that process it 's not something that just happens whilst it 's a challenge i think it 's the the probably the best thing in the job uh,
2: motorbar was there any hesitation on bringing him to the club I mean there's a discussion after Adam Johnson in Sundland, we had Mikko Albonos in Malmö FF I mean as a club what kind of moral responsibility do you take do you understand that
3: yeah absolutely and, and I always speak with, with with Daniel the chairman about anything uh, like that I, I think our you know we can't as, as I understand Swedish society you know you live in a the, the, the you live in a we live in a society where the The law has to punish people for whatever it is and then once they're into into society they have to be have an opportunity to carry on with their lives Uh, that's how you know certainly we've seen it with any mistakes that have been made in the past Um, and then we we have to feel comfortable that again regardless of what's happened in the past that they're the right person for us going forward in terms of those are they able to are they able to to be a good person in our environment so that's, that's
2: how we look at it how much is uh, taking care of the human being and things like that part of your job as a coach or are you very much just on the
3: football pitch no I'm, I, I'd see my job as it's always firstly they're, they're, they're people, they're human beings, they're, they're with us for a couple of hours to train and then the rest of the time they're they're somebody's son somebody's brother somebody's boyfriend you know so i think it's important that they uh, from my perspective being here that that i understand the players understand what they're like as people and try and help them develop as, as a person because that they'll be they'll be that before they long time after they're have uh, stopped playing football so that, that that's and again, that's probably my motivation for being in this job. It's I, 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 the exciting thing is is getting to know players, getting to know people, uh, helping them become better, better people, rather than just picking a team and taking a training session. That's
2: when you uh, meet a player who's possibly coming here, and you want to kind of sell the club. Uh, I mean, as you say, you don't have the long tradition, you don't have. Maybe the biggest budget for salaries. How how do you sell a uh, to a player coming here?
3: Well, it's very difficult. It was very difficult at first. It's got a lot. It's got a bit easier now. Um, essentially, what we try and do here is create an environment where players can enjoy the football. They they can improve, um, and they can feel part of something, and and that's as simple as it is. Uh, it over time I guess because we've had success we say David Ackham or Rasmus Linquist or even you know Mudo uh, Sean Min Moon left us there's, there's been times where uh, as a football club we've demonstrated that despite the fact that we're maybe going for promotion or wanting to progress the football club the opportunity if the player outgrows us to, to move and to develop their career um, that's always been a, a, a Sort of step that we've taken, uh, and I think that again that just reiterates and shows that fundamentally it's about coming and, and trying to improve and trying to develop your football career. And, and of course, when you can say those things and you can demonstrate that, and from the player perspective, you, you can look and go, okay, this is this is this is interesting because we have to offer something, we have to have something to to for a player to to move from the south of Sweden up to Östersund. If you're a super-run superlaten player. You know why are you coming to us to Sun? Why are you moving up up here? Why can't you stay down in the south where, where your family and your friends are? There has to be something to offer, and then of course there's a playing style around uh, uh, how we've worked. Uh, which again, when I go back to Mudo, he was attracted to coming to us to Sun because he thought that this, how we played suited his style of football, uh, and so it, it sort of runs. I think it runs hand in hand, really. to
2: Yep. Was it a big difference this winter when you went up to
3: Svenskan? did you get a lot of more calls from
2: agents that players want to come here?
3: Yeah, I mean I think that's that that's probably happened since we've been in super I would say to a certain extent and then yeah different Mudo and then and then alsvenskan just increases uh but still the same uh, i guess the same challenges uh it reminded me of when we were first in in Superetten. You know, super-attent players just they they don't want to they don't want to play for us. to Sund, um, and you, you know that's I you know, completely understand that. And if you're a top can player again, you're not even if we could offer the same salary, it's you're not you're not going to come and play for us. to Sund. So we have to look in a different way, and we have to look in a different uh, market. And then um, that's our challenge. That's that's where the fun is.
2: You have uh, Moodle Barrow in, in Swansea in Premier League and uh, David Ackham who came from here and went to Helsingborg and then to Chicago Fire Who's the next player to
3: come from us to take the step out? Yeah, well again, I've been asked that before and, and, and I'll, I I wouldn't want to say now um, I think we've got uh, it could be one of any um, there's, there's a lot of good players but they need to prove at the level, they need to prove that they can take that next step and i think it's not right for me to put any pressure on or dismiss anybody by naming uh, i i could have named before, when when we first signed mudo that he was going that he was going to do what he did and it's completely up to him and the same with david it's not like you can predict it and, you, and it's an exact oh no we've signed him and then he's going to go and play in this league or that league uh, i think that's the great thing about football it's it's you don't know and it's how people respond to the environment how they take the challenge on in the games how we do as a team lots of factors are, are there but the exciting thing is i think we've got a few players that that haven't reached their potential that have got a lot more to do and then it's them to to show you have a very
2: international squad is that something that if you've chosen that we want to have an international squad or is that kind of You've been forced to go that direction because there's not that many quality players in Estosund, and you need to look for other type of players.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, I think I think it's fair to say that if you want to go from Division Two to Alsvenskan only using players from from Jampland, it's going to be they, that will be impossible. Um, so then you have to look at how how you can strengthen and how can you can build. Um, it's been a bit of a process when I first spoke to Daniel. In the first couple of years, he said that it, I remember him saying it's it's impossible to get players from the south of Sweden. to of he said it would be impossible. I thought that's going to be that's going to be, that's going to be difficult. Um, but in the end, we sort of I think progressed and and sh- and show that we that it can be something for us. Um, but it's not been a you know we're going to go down this route or that route it hasn't been anything like that. You don't look at the passport or the color of the skin when you're recruiting a player. You're just looking for again. I'm going to repeat myself. Do they want to improve? Do they want to be part of this, this project? And um, do they think they could be happy here? And if, that's, if, that's the, if that gets ticked, those boxes get ticked, then that's great.
2: Does it mean anything for a team to have quite
3: a few local players, or doesn't it matter no, I think it does, and I think uh, you know that we've got Dennis Videgren, we've got Bubba Salander, we've got uh, Sebastian Lumbeck in our squad f- from Yampland, which is which is which is great for us. Of course, you, you, you know you want you want to have more, um, and I think uh, part of this process has always been to try and create a, uh, if you like a, an identity and a vision um, that that people locally can look up to and say, okay, this is possible for us because five years ago it, it's just impossible you know football's there's no football culture here there's no football tradition here no one believes that we can have players in, from a, you know in this area playing in Alsvensk and now now we've got three players in our squad that 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 uh, that are in Als you know that are in Alsfensky. So, so it has to we have to develop that and I think we have to hopefully we're a, the great thing about this journey has been that now we've got you know, young kids that can watch highest level football uh, in their own town uh, and, and think, "Well, this is this could be me. I could be the next Dennis Vidic, I could be the next Jamie Hopkett. I could be the next Bobo Salander. Um And then, and then if we can do that, then maybe more players can can uh, be into our first team because it is important.
2: What's your view of Allsvenskan?
3: I think it's in a really good place at the moment. It's probably the best place it's been uh, since I've been here. Uh, you know, you look at the stadium, you look at the the games, the the big Stockholm derby, you know, the, the Gothenburg derbies, the Malmö FF in the Champions League. It's it feels like it's in a really good place. The most positive it's been. So we're, you know, honored to be part of that and we hope that we can add something to it as well. We can bring something positive to the to the to the competition.
0: För J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.
3: Ja, men det är ju ingen idé att gå
2: dit och vara någon form av turist. Liksom det som är själva kärnan i allt tävlande, att, att bli etta. Liksom, etta i varje moment, etta i matchen, alltså vinna matchen, vinna serien. Och vinner alla matcher, konsekvenser blir ju oftast då att vinna vinner i serien. Men, men du kan ju bara bli mästare när du är allsvenskan. När vinner ni Champions League? Ja, in, inom fem år i alla fall borde det vara realistiskt. Men vi måste ju först ta oss till allsvenskan. Det är inte många klubbar där ordföranden är mer omskriven än tränaren. Men så är det i Östersund. Den... Prisspråkig Daniel Kinberg levererar rubriker i parti och minuter och talar om att nå Champions League och vinna SM-guld. Engelsmannen Grand Potter däremot, han håller en väldigt låg profil och det är på något sätt lite talande att om man söker på Graham Potters namn på exempelvis Youtube så är det en bonsai-träds-entusiast som får flest träffar. Potter smyger helt lite under radarn, men skulle framgångarna fortsätta även i allsvenskan så lär telefonen börja gå varm på Östersunds kansli och kanske det är dags för Potter att skaffa en agent. What made you come to Östersund in the first time? Uh
3: well, I'd have to say it was, it was the opportunity, the opportunity to 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 live and work in in another country and it was Daniel, really Daniel's uh, vision of the club, what he wanted to do. Um, he, he was recommended to me by, by Graham Jones, who's a good friend of mine, um, who, who I trust very highly, in terms of uh, uh, recommending people. And, and Daniel struck me as a guy that, that was interesting, that had a, had a vision of what he wanted to do. And I was at the stage of my career where, thankfully, I persuaded my wife to, to, to essentially give up her life. <laughs> Um. To to come to come out and and th- yeah, like I said, thank- thankfully I was in that place where I could do that, could make that choice. Did you realise how small it was Probably. football, w- <laughs> football wise? Probably not. No, no. If I'm being honest, and when I look back, um, uh, if I'd have known, maybe I wouldn't have. If I'd have known properly, maybe I wouldn't have moved. I can't answer that, but 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 certainly I didn't think that it. Uh, maybe I thought it was. Uh, a bit a bit different but um,
2: when you came here was there any time that you thought oh my god what did I get myself into and with my family
3: no not really because the, the people at the club have always been brilliant to me um, and, and that made me feel really secure and happy the, 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 the people at Osson Football Club were just will be my friends for, for the rest of my life you know I, I sort of love them um, but um you just realise there's a lot of hard work to go. That's the thing, and and then and then you can't look too far ahead. You know, you sort of first game. First game, I think we lost to Seleftio in a preseason match, two-one, um, and they were in Division Two as well. And you think, well, we, you know, the, the vision is to get here, but we're a long way off that. We need to do a lot of work, and we need to just step by step. At that point, it was just about literally. Um, getting a bit of belief back into a football club people just trying to enjoy the football trying to try, trying to be happy at, uh, playing football again so it's um, when, I, when I think back to that period and I think where we are now is it's night and day what
2: did people in England say you're all friends from football and so and you told them I'm going to soon uh, to coach a team in the Swedish third fourth,
3: Divi- fourth division <laughs> um they were just well. that sounds yeah they were, of course they're probably polite but they said yeah oh, that sounds really interesting and and i think it i think it is it's it, it, it is an interesting it was an interesting project it was an interesting idea and and i wasn't at the stage of my career where i could just walk into an alsvenskan job or a or a you know anything like that I, I part of the part of the appeal for this was was that the club had a, an idea, had a belief or it had a, a vision of where it wanted to go, but it was just found itself in, in a, in, in where it didn't want to be in, in, in the fourth tier. So the challenge and the really exciting thing was trying to build it up to where it wanted to be and to, to try and create something that was, that was, um, that was, that was people, that were people were proud of that, that to build a football club, I don't think you get those sort of opportunities really. Uh. Apparently
2: Daniel, the chairman, is a man with great visions and also he's a good salesman, apparently, (laughs) since you came here. But isn't there any problem with someone who's that challenging with the aims and uh, that we're always going to be the best, we're always going to win the next game? If we don't win the next game, apparently our coach hasn't done his homework well enough. Isn't there any backside of having such a... Challenging
3: chairman. I haven't found it to be. I haven't found it to be. He's always been fair with me. He's always um, supported me. He's always been great with my family. Um, He's been consistent with how he's how he's been. Um, So I've found it no. There's been nothing negative from my perspective. Um, I think it makes it very clear. I think we, we all in football wanna focus on trying to win the next match. That's however if you speak to most coaches that's what they wanna that's what they wanna do. Um and of course the other the other the other things just I suppose generate a bit more interest, the headline stuff. Um but he's never said to me, Oh, you know, Graham, we need to win this league or that league. It's always been the next game and to focus that and try and, and try and win that game and then from that we take the information from that and move forward. Compared to your chairman, you have a you kind
2: of go under the radar media wise. Is that something that you've chosen or is that just the way it's become since Daniel takes most of the headlines?
3: Yeah, I think so, maybe. Maybe and obviously his Swedish is better than mine as well, which 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 is uh obvious. Um, no I think I think it's easy to, 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 to get a I suppose a headline from Daniel um, that's for sure but I but I, I just go about the job and go about the work and I, I I don't sort of look for any sort of interviews or I don't turn any down it's I'm happy to speak to anybody um, but it is what it is so there's no problem
2: you have a, quite a good uh, career as a player. You even played in Premier League, six, seven, eight games, something like that, for Southampton, and played in the uh, Championship and other divisions in the
3: English. How, how was that? Well, I, yeah, I was very fortunate. I I got away with being a professional footballer for thirteen years, and then I finally realised I was not so good. But um, I started off at Birmingham City. It was great as my hometown club. Um, I made my debut at 17, but we were a bad team at the time, and pretty quickly I stayed in the team for sort of I don't know, 25 matches, and then sort of discovered the harsh realities of professional football when you're in a in a bad team and you're losing. Supporters turn on you. It doesn't matter how old you are, or where you're from. So that was a harsh lesson in terms of uh, yeah. The, the, Did anything happen with you? No, just obviously just the the the. The English football supporters are not shy in telling you, letting you know what they think of you. Um, I remember one, actually on one, on one, uh, it was like a, they had a, like a Friday night television show, um, sort, sort of Central Weekend Live, it was called. It was just basically a chat show, and and they used to bring in any sort of controversial subject and polarize opinion and get people in the audience and be a big debate. And then one was about Birmingham City, and I always remember my 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 aunt told me that the subject was Birmingham City some guy stands up and he says I just want to say this Graham Potter and my aunt is watching and she's thinking oh you know, her ears prick up she's going to be nice and proud Graham Potter he is the worst player ever to put on a Birmingham City shirt in my life you know so you get little things like that which are are part of the business and part of the part of the job but um, I have a lot to thank Birmingham City for because they gave me that opportunity to, to start my career off and then I had Sort of ne- the next probably five six years, moving to, to Southampton at a year Southampton, um, some more time in the championship with West Brom. So the first I say half of the year my career was was at a decent level, and the next half was you know Division Two, Division One. Um, but it's tough. It's it's I played. Um, I play in lots of positions which I think helps me now as a coach, um, playing at, diff- at the different levels from sort of under-21 international to, to the conference in England gives you a full spectrum of the, <laughs> of the difference of the game and that's the thing that most people find probably difficult to understand that if you watch a game, you know a reserve match in a Championship le- or Premier League level and you compare it to a Division 2 it's like a completely different sport. The physicality of Division 2, the, the you know, one manager saying I don't care what you do if, even if you kick it and it goes out for a goal kick it's fine and I'm thinking that's not really what I started to play football for but I understand the I understand the concept it's
2: How was it when you uh, were part of the Premier League you played in Southampton 1996, 97, something like that <clears throat> did you think that here I will stay for quite a while?
3: I didn't think that no and that's probably more of more my you know, problems as a player. I was probably didn't quite believe in myself enough or didn't quite understand what it what it took to be a top player. I, I I moved to Southampton, it was just at the start of the real Premier League boom, if you like. I think I think Camp and those guys had just arrived and there was a real interest. Um so yeah, I, I suppose I struggled to really think that I could be good enough to play at that level. Um, when, I, when I reflect back. How was the
2: slide when you started to slide down from Premier League and down in the yeah.
3: lower leagues in England? Well, the first, the, the, I went from, and then I went for, for, for West Brom, I played quite a bit at West Brom, uh, and then my contract ran out, and as it normally happens to turn over a manager, your contract gets, uh, when your contract gets uh, sort of finishes, then it's time to look for another club, because I hadn't played that much. I had to look lower leagues. I, I signed for York for three years, and it, and literally that was my first introduction to, to D- Division Two football. And i I'd, I'd been used to been brought up on this trying to pass the ball and play and um, you know get forward and being attacking sort of left back. And pretty quickly the balls getting shelled in behind, and you're having to win physical challenges and 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 the game's just completely different the, the the up and down of the game was was something i had to adapt to and even 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 though i played at a higher level it took me probably 6 months to adapt physically and mentally to the difference in the game <laughs> because it was so tough yeah yeah it's but it's different and i think that's how you know if you look at english football how challenging it is for for for, for you know developing young players around in a certain way academies and uh, uh, and then, and then the reality once I leave that environment into lower level football in England, it's 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 tough. You know, you make one pass sideways or or backwards, and the crowd are on at you to get it forward. Um, you know, everyone's mass, everybody's massive and big, and you've got to physically stand up, and and it is a different a different type of football. Uh,
2: if you look at the English football, it's not that much that you feel it's possession based maybe it's more so today in Premier League but lower down it's so surprising that you come with I mean our view in Sweden of English football is uh, strike a long ball and then run and you come to Sweden with something else, how, how come?
3: Well I think because I, I experienced that football I experienced it as a player um, I, I experienced the frustration that I felt, and ultimately I stopped playing football as, as a thirty-year-old when I could have carried on earning money playing football. So, so for me, it wasn't uh, um, wasn't something that I really uh, enjoyed being part of or seeing, really. So I, then it was about me trying to work out how to work in a different way and 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 the, the benefits of that. Um, so then it was about. That, that, that period, that five year period. Um,
2: where, where did you get the inspiration from? Except that you played like that. Where, I mean, you say you watch a lot of football. Well, I mean, I don't think you get that much in England, or am I wrong?
3: Um, no, you probably don't. But I, I suppose because of my link with Graham, I, I got to see Roberto uh, quite a bit work. He's uh, the
2: assistant coach in yeah. in Everton to yes. Roberto Martinez.
3: And, and his journey from I suppose division one in in the third tier in 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 England when Swansea won promotion division from division one it, you know they played with a style of football and a, bra- a playing style that, that that you would previously to that was said that you can't play that way in, in the in the in division one in England so I suppose i got a little bit of a sense that it, it is it is it is possible to, to play a, a different way um, but I still think that the fundamental motivation for me came from within because, like I said, I, 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 my my sort of interest is to to help players enjoy the football, and 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 that and that comes from maybe not kicking it like I did out of the pitch <laughs> for a goal kick. Well, that might just be my ability to be honest. I can't blame anything on that <laughs> other than my ability.
2: Which coaches are inspiring to you?
3: Um, i I've just. Asked. I mean, obviously, at the highest level, I'm really interested in Guardiola because I think how he sets his teams up is is, is interesting. He, he his imagination in terms of how he plays It's uh, it's it's certainly different. Um, but at the same time, I've, I've I've followed Jurgen Klopp when he was at Dortmund. Really interesting to see how he's adapting to the Premier League. Um, even Van Gaal, how he's adapting, st- struggling at Manchester United. Uh, I'm not saying that they're... I just think it's fascinating to follow the, the top coaches and see how they're dealing with the challenges they have. Um, so, And then, of course, Roberto I've, I've, sort of, I've followed for,
2: for a number of years. What do you think now when Guardiola comes to Premier
3: League and Manchester City? It's going to be fascinating, really. Um, especially if uh, I've got a I've got a funny feeling that Mr Mourinho will turn up at some club somewhere um, which would then obviously add more spice to the to the thing um, I mean he's you know he's, he's top uh, I think Guardiola's top but then rejuvenated Jose Mourinho involved in the mix could be interesting um, I think Conte is getting close to Chelsea isn't he so it's it's going to make it it's going to make it from a coach's perspective fascinating with Klopp as well, and uh, yeah, I'm not sure the how long they'll last, but it's going to be interesting. If you
2: look at the Premier League, how what's your view of the development? I mean, the richest league in the world, a lot of money, and but still, it, they're moving ahead uh, from a, at least the lower leagues in England, but they're struggling in, in Europe. Yeah. Do you like the development of the Premier League? That's more commercial and all that, and kind of like the terraces are,
3: are gone in a way. Yeah, it's English football. Cool. this is a, probably another podcast. Um, <laughs> it's um, it's without doubt it's the, the, the toughest competition, I think, in terms of just the the competitiveness of it. The physicality is still a big part of the the. The competition, which makes it tough, um, but it isn't. It's it's on its own. It's that it's uh, there's not a brand of football like it anywhere else, and that's probably the challenge in Europe. Why why it hasn't? while the teams haven't done as well as those in England think they would probably should do? But ultimately, playing against uh, Stoke City or Norwich City or Aston Villa on a Tuesday night is not the same as playing against. The big teams in Europe it's a completely different again back to us, sort of saying before it's almost a different sport um in some in some cases so it's a real challenge it has a, a knock-on to, to, to development uh, from an English perspective the amount of money that's that's that players get uh that that, that aren't even playing is is scary really um you wonder how they can be motivated to really have a career and and to try to be a professional footballer, to make those different choices about m- moving down the leagues. is tough because the gap becomes financially and in terms of how the game is can be very different. So there's lots of there's lots of things, but the the one thing is money is not the doesn't make it everything all the problems go away. That's for sure. The money's there, but. Uh, if you look at the European record, it hasn't been it hasn't been great. The national team hasn't filtered into being a success. But the Premier League is a monster in terms of its interest around the world. Is Leicester an inspiration for you? I think it's an inspiration for anybody. It, it's 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 uh, you know talk, talk about impossible stories. You know, this time last year, they're bottom of the league, and now they're ahead of Chelsea, Manchester United, Tottenham, Arsenal. Manchester City, you know, um, top of the league, five points or whatever it is now. It's uh, it's an incredible story, and um, just goes to show that if you've got an idea and you've got that willingness to work towards it, then I think that's fundamentally why we're in sport. We're in if if everything was so predictable and the impossible can't be achieved, then that's that's a very dull world. I think. Uh, you don't get my, uh, as many talents
2: uh, forward as used to be in, in the Premier League, of course, very competitive league and the international owners who bring in big stars and it kind of squeezes out a lot of talents. Uh, do you think uh, that the English national team will get weaker or do you think there would be a reaction?
3: It's a tough one to say because the amount of, pl- the amount of people in England, you, you think that there's... Despite the system, despite what anything happens, there's going to be some that will come through. Um, the biggest challenge in England, I think, is they invest such a lot of money in the academy system developing footballers. Uh, and then there's a bit of a gap between that and then first-team football. And, and that's the real challenge, how I think a lot of talent, time, resources gets wasted in that period because there's not enough football first-team opportunities for them, for them to, to play in. Um, and then you're just looking at the ones that Wayne Rooney's or the Steven Gerrard's, the ones that just come through despite of the system. Uh, somehow, English football has to work a way that can create players uh, systematically, rather than, than, than by sort of chance. And probably at the moment, it's it's by it's by chance.
2: Are they too pampered <clears throat> and too well-paid? I mean, in a way, if you reach the Premier League, even if you don't play, you still make a lot of money and you kind of maybe make too much money in a short time.
3: Yeah, I mean, the system in England is once you're 18 you're given a professional contract. Well, that tells you that you're a professional and very often they're not. They are not. They need to still learn how to be a professional. There's still a long way to go for them to be professional players. Um, so there's a, a, an ongoing education process I think that has to happen and also there has to be a way that they can play, still play football. There's a way that they can still um, they, they can. They need to go from their youth teams into proper football. And like I said before, if you're going to go from a Premier League youth academy, and then you're going to go and play in the lower leagues in England. That, that's a completely different, almost a different game than what you've been experiencing. And then there's a, uh, you know, the, the the managers at that level, they they don't want to take those young players because they want to take the ones that are proven at the you know League Two level or League One level. So then it becomes a bit of a vacuum. They're trying to fill it within the twenty ones. But that's not so. It's not so real. Seems like a great opportunity for you to bring the, a lot of players here with your connections. It, it, yeah, I, I guess it, it, it could happen, um, but uh, they have to be the right type of people as well, and and the right the, the club have to see. It. And, and also, you, you know, you speak to um, some some football manager. I know Roberto would say that if you're looking to prepare English. You know, players to play in England, then they have to experience English football. Um, as soon as you go, and even though they might have a football experience somewhere else, that they're not getting the the unique physicality and the the unique style and type of game they're going to get in the UK. So whilst they go and have a good experience in Sweden, it might not necessarily equate to uh, them developing along their club. So it depends how they see it, how the individual would see it. Um, so it's not quite so easy.
2: When the Euros uh, get started, who do you root for? Sweden or England? Both. Both. Which team will uh, progress the furthest? <laughs> I'm not so sure. i
3: am um, not got a massive amount of... Comp- I, for this... I, I think Roy Hodgson is a he he's he's a, almost like a, a bit of a hero f- for me in terms of how his career has gone and how he's uh, gone through, like you say, through Europe and he's gathered all this experience. So, so I'm hopeful that he can do well in the tournament because because he I think he needs to. I think he's under the uh, that that scrutiny. Um, but if I had to say any, I would say um, maybe both would get out of the group, but that might be it. You don't have uh,
2: the right license to be a coach
3: in in Alsvenskan. How come? I've I, I've I've impl- applied for the for the pro license for the last three years, but the English FA have said uh, that I wasn't allowed to go on it. Um, so, but thankfully they've they've promised me this year this year that I, that I can that I can go on the the course. Um, uh, education has been part of my development as a as a coach um every year I've, I've done something I've but but it's just been one of those things I wanted to do my I've done all my badges with the English FA and I wanted to carry on doing it um and I think because I've been working outside they prioritize their limited spaces for for coaches working with English players um and I had to be patient thankfully the Swedish FA have have been uh good around the situation i think they've looked at my particular position and said as long as you do it next year it should be okay
2: have you uh, had a help with the swedish FA to contact the english yes,
3: FA yes yeah yeah they've been great they've been really good um and uh yes yeah, so, so it's just one of those things like uh, i've wanted to do it i wanted to you know, sometimes you think that people do qualifications just to get the qualification, uh, and I always wanted to be at a point where I, I had something to offer the course. I could actually get something from the experience. I didn't just want to go on a course just to get the the tick tick that box. And I felt for the last two, two or three years I was as ready. I'd, I'd had an experience running a football club or being involved in a football club, and and I, and I felt that it was a good part next stage of my my, my coach development and education. Um, so it was, it was frustrating to not to not be able not not to be able to get on, um, but that's I understand as well. It's it's not so easy. In Sweden,
2: there's been a discussion. Some former players they don't think that you need an education or you should get a short short track uh, or fast track to get your badges. And you can see also in England that it's very easy for bigger. Players to get into management in a way. What what's your view of a former player? Is education
3: uh, important to be a coach or not? Uh, for me, it's fundamental. I I think so. I don't believe in fast tracks at all. Um, I think if anything, you know, the, the top player has got the potential to be the top coach. That's absolutely. Um, <clears throat> but I think. There'll be certain things in their uh, skill sets that they'll need education. They'll need help with, and and I think rather than looking about fast tracking or or, or uh, long tracking, if you like, it's about tailoring uh, to, to 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 the to the individual. Um, but you know, when you ask, when you think about football footballers, of course, the knowledge of the game is there. They've had a great experience of playing the game um so that at the highest level they know the game but still they need to be able to communicate that to somebody they need to be able to build relationships with with people be able to empathize empathize with people um understand what's happening um uh, within the group there there are different aspects to the job than just your own experiences but of course they have the i i think that the ex players top players have the potential to be the top the top coaches but by just dismissing education, I'm not sure that's the right path. You've been in Sweden quite
2: a few years now. Are there any coaches that are impressed? There
3: are lots. There are lots, uh, um, you know, and, uh, super and especially um, coaches working there that that are doing really, really good jobs. Um you know Kimberg Strand at Sirius, for example, was doing a fantastic job there, building the football club, and um, we've followed each other as we've gone um, through the levels. He, he's done a great job there. Um, Bartosz at Frey, I think there's a there's a great job with limited resources, uh, kept them up into kept Frey into in in uh, in Superettan with an interesting style of play as well. Um, so there's. Uh, I have a lot of respect for the for the coaches that, that I've come across in, in Swedish football.
2: Now you've uh, gotten quite a media attention in England also. There have been a couple of stories, independent, Daily Mail and so on, after you, you kind of made your mark here. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed uh, that you got more uh, attention in your home country?
3: No, not really. I, I think just the news filters back to the UK and I think the story itself of the club is an interesting one and then you start to put the the culture stuff and and uh, of course then mudo as well there's a few links um, so I suppose when you're a journalist it, it is a nice story I think it's a, a story of of a football club that's progressed it's a there's something different um, off the pitch going on as well so I think only from that perspective um, I've, I've noticed a general increase in interest just because I think as well we're in Svenskan we're now
2: but there are very few uh, English coaches abroad mm. and if you look in Premier League I think there are only three English coaches left in, uh, in Premier League yeah uh, why do you think it's going down I mean your football comes from England from the beginning
3: <laughs> yeah um... I, I mean, I don't know. I, I think, you know, how how many want to how many want to take the opportunity to move abroad? I don't know. Um, there's the, the mentality in England that 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 you know everything's there. We don't need to move anywhere else. Um, there's a bit of an island mentality, maybe. Also, the opportunities to 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 move aren't aren't there as well. In fairness. Um, it's uh, yeah. I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know why that is. Um, I think the ownership in the Premier League, in the highest level, you're dealing with European footballers uh, most of the time in the Premier League. Um, not not you know not 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 that many English players as well. So maybe the owners are looking at it and going, I want someone with an experience of of, of working with different nationalities. Um, it's very hard for an English manager now. I think to work his way through the low, through the lower levels and to get to the point where they can take a job in the Premier League. Um, I suppose in a way, people are hoping that David Moyes would succeed because he did a you know a stint in Everton, did a great job there. but Taking that next one onto the big Manchester United job. <clears throat> so yeah, uh, but it's up to the English coaches to 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 educate more to to you know to to be better.
2: Is it a way, if you have success abroad, it takes quite a while. I mean, if you look at Roy Hodgson, he had a lot of success abroad. It took a very long time. He had a short stint at Blackburn Rovers and then a long time before he was kind of acknowledged even in England. Yeah. Do you feel that from your side that it's hard, even though you've had great success here, that still to come back to England, their English
3: FA hardly will... Give you the badges. There is a bit about it that, like I say, I'm not. I'm an Englishman, so I can say this. That it is quite um, blinkered to to you know English football, and and people aren't too interested about football outside of England. That's that's what it is. So, you know, I remember Arsene Wenger came first came and he was like, "Where's he working in Japan?" Sort of that was his how how it was sort of seen. So there is a, a little bit of that um, but it doesn't is it kind of like an arrogance yeah arrogance ignorance call it what you want um, just a, probably and it's not of course that's not all the in every case but um, again probably the, the the strength of the Premier League the the, 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 the competitiveness of the football in, in the UK you know you've got five leagues all professional. Uh, in the fourth tier, fifth tier in English football, you can have ten thousand people watching the game, so it's a real pressure situation all the way down. So it's so there's not much room for anything else. Um, but uh, it's, uh, it's 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 an interesting, uh, it's a tricky one to to really put your finger on why.
2: What's your aim? If you look, we don't care about us soon, but what, where's Graham Potter in three or five years?
3: I I I never think like that. I, I, I've never thought. Sure, you that. do. We uh, all do. No, not really. My my job was my. I see this as uh, as far as I'm to, I'm here as long as as long as people want me here and and I'm the right person to to improve the football club. Um, I think as soon as you start to look too far ahead in football, um, you take your eye off the job that you're doing now. I, I we're in a really exciting phase here uh, this is a, sort of making history however long this club uh, stays in Alsvenskan, there'll only be one first year and, and, and this is it um, so we're you know my focus is on on that um, when I was you know three years ago five years ago I, I didn't think about oh I'm going to be still in Osasunda I'm going to be doing this I remember listening to I think, it was in, I think it was Steve McLaren saying that he felt like he wasted the first <clears throat> half of his career because he was thinking I wanted to be somewhere else you know the next level or the next level and it's, it's not really how I I would just want to improve I want to be a better coach I want to be a better uh sort of manager if you like a better leader uh, at a club so that so the level is not really I haven't got any plan around that
2: but if you look at the club they're talking about we want to win all the fans and we want to play the Champions League where do you want to coach?
3: well yeah I want to be part of that of course um and, and but do you want to coach in Premier League? It's not again. It's not something that I, I'm going. Oh, you know, this is part of my plan. But uh, it's football. I'm I'm only forty, so I'm quite young. Um, who knows what's going to happen with with the rest of my life? It's but but it's not uh, as a player. I, you know, I had this. I want to play here. I want to do that. I want to do this. And and you have these. Uh, Desire to play in the Premier League, and I played played there. I had a year at that club at Southampton. It was great, but my motivation now isn't the level. isn't It isn't the the Premier League or the Champions League or Alsvenskan. It isn't that. It's it's feeling like I'm making a difference. Feeling like I'm improving. Feeling like I'm helping the players improve. Um, That that well, call it job satisfaction. That's the most important thing to me because you can go to you can get. You get on the wrong path of wanting to get to this level that's supposedly meant to be this and that, and you can be disappointed. So, I'd rather focus on, on my job and, and like I say, trying to improve.
2: The, how many offers uh, have you said no thanks? I,
3: I, I haven't, I haven't formed, I haven't had any offers. It's all media speculation. That's how it is. But you've had discussions with other clubs? No, 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 I haven't. No, never.
2: Never? No. You uh, you swear on the Bible? Swear. So mom FF didn't call you and ask it, are you interested now when we're changing Yoga Horeide? No. And Swansea, even though someone